Satnam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I are appreciative of your vital role on this planet in an ever-growing global community. For it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Tuning in to the qualities and the sensibilities of the world around us was something that those who were aware enough would engage in and they developed song and they developed dance and they developed ways of communicating with each other that was not just talking but fully expressing and then they would take that same modality and they would tune in to the elements that were surrounding them in their life the elements of the sun and the elements of the moon and the elements of the earth and the elements of the water, the elements of the air, <coughs> the elements of fire, the elements of ether. And they would incorporate these in their communication. <coughs> they would communicate personally and they would enable their body to hold that stance which is where the temple gate got its origin 
and on top of that stance they would allow that stance to move and that's how the stance would create dance. And the dance in all cultures, you look at the dance of the Aboriginals, you look at the dance of the Polynesians, you look at the dance of the Vedas, of the Siddhas, you look at the dance of the shaman throughout northern areas, throughout southern areas, they all had very similar qualities, these dances. Because these dances were what was organizing and uniting the physical gift with the physical universe. That part of the universe which we have been gifted in the plasmic fields that assemble into the atomic structures, which assemble into the molecular coordinations, which then assemble into the body cells. All of this is identical to the way in which the stars form, the way in which the galaxies form, the way in which the universes form all working with those tension, pressure, stress, and friction, the assemblage of gravity, and then the ease, joy, knowing, and liberation, the assemblages of life and levity. So life as levity sits within matter as gravity, and that's the coordination between the levitational world of life, of spirit, of soul, and the gravitational world of matter. And we dive into this costume, into this body glove, like diving into a bucket of paint, and it drips off of us throughout our life. It, it just, it, it is what we are looking through. And we use the sensory system. And occasionally we can go into a state of pratyahara where we look beyond the sensory system. And the easiest way to go into that state of pratyahara is to engage in as many moments as we can remember, is to engage all of our neurological centers. And once we engage the head and the heart and the gut, suddenly things open up that were, uh, that were unavailable to us before. It's like we have typed in the appropriate code for the Wi-Fi of life. And suddenly our individual life is connected to the entire system. Just like your individual computer is suddenly connected to the entire worldwide 
net, that internet, the outer net that we can tune into as biological life or even as botanical life is following the moon cycles. It's following the solar cycles. It's following the tidal cycles. Sometimes we have high tide in our body, sometimes we have low tide in our body. Just like the earth has high tides and low tides on various portions. And when the sun and the moon come into that realization and that alignment of that realization, the tides accommodate it. And those tides shift the waters, shift the temperatures of the waters, which stirs up the air. And then the air begins to move and that then again moves the currents of the water and the water currents move the air currents and everything begins to cooperate. And the one thing that is not in this, ter- in this day and age is not cooperating, the only one thing that is not cooperating is the bipedal hominid erroneously called human because when I say erroneously it means because we're not being humane. We are just two-legged, bipedal, bipedal hominids. We're just operating in this form but we're not even utilizing this form to its maximum. Our feet are not going where our knees are going. Our knees are not going where our hips are going. Our hips are not aligning with our pelvis and they're not going together. And after years of movement in this completely unaligned way, People say, oh, I got a bad back. No, you don't have a bad back. You have a good back that you treated badly for days, weeks, months, and years. The body is capable of living for hundreds of years if worked with properly. But that means that in each and every moment we have to have that stance. We have to have that physical stance, that emotional stance, that mental stance, that spiritual stance in which we are literally standing under. In other words, we are understanding our purpose. We are standing under our purpose held in the concept, the conception of the pelvis. This. Then once we have that built, then, as I showed you before, we can begin 
to assemble the gut-brain's connection with all life, with all matter. And we become nourished from that matter. The heart-brain, the heart-neurology, allowing us to find the time to be in tune with time, to feel like we have enough time to be on time and to be in a timing tempo so that the rhythm of our life equates with the rhythm of this planet, equates with the rhythm of this galaxy, of this solar system, of this galaxy, of this universe, of this megaverse. And is that accomplished? Then we can go into the head brain, which dominates but doesn't want to, which dominates but isn't supposed to. It's supposed to be a cooperator. It is supposed to cooperate with the nourishment and the connection. It is supposed to cooperate with the timing, the time, and the rhythm. And when you have the analysis of two dimensions cooperating with the connection of three dimension and the rhythm of four dimension, suddenly this entire equation, two plus four plus three equals five. In other words, you move not only into the fifth dimension, but you move into the sixth and the seventh and the eighth and the ninth dimensions that have alternative sensations. <coughs> sensations that could not be described with the sensory system. That can only be described when you leave your body, either in death or in meditation or in the dream state. Allow yourself to visit those dimensions. Give yourself an assignment each and every day that you are going to visit those dimensions so that you can bring back the wisdom of the higher dimensions and discover what part of it applies to the world right now. What part of it can be utilized to solve some of the dilemmas of the world right now. This is what this coming new moon, which in the northern, I think I got it backwards earlier. In the northern, this is the beginning of the harvest moon season. And in the southern, this is the beginning of the planting moon season. But regardless, the moon is coming up new. And that new is an opportunity for initiation. Initiate something in your life 
that you can use with your life. For this new moon, for this moon cycle, we are using the mantra, Hami Hum, Brahm Hum. What is to be already is. What I am to be, I already am. What is to be already is. What I am to be, I already am. Hami Hum, Brahm Hum. So use your journal for a moment and allow yourself to experience the flow of information that wants to come from the universe through you. It wants to come from the universe through you. And just allow it to go on to the page. Allow it to go on to the page. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.